Welcome to Empire, presented by CW Hemp, a weekly installment dedicated to exploring the non-psychoactive side of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of the American economy, hemp has been used in over 25,000 products, including paper, textiles, construction materials, health food, and fuel. Now, tune in and discover all there is to know about this wonder crop making a historic comeback. Empire, presented by CW Hemp, starts now. Hey, cannabis radio listeners and hemp fans of all sorts, we're back with Empire where we're devoted to all things hemp. Hey, we've seen the cannabis plant in works of art going back to 8,000 BC, and we've also got the plant with modern uses today and into tomorrow. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I write the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine, and I'm a member of the advisory board at the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. So thanks for joining us on Hempire. Today we're going to chat with the energetic CEO of CW Hemp and the generous board member of Realm of Caring Foundation, Joel Stanley. Joel and the other J brothers created the legendary Charlotte's Web hemp products. These products have helped children with intractable epilepsy and basically go from suffering from hundreds of seizures a day down to none at all. You can find all about them on the web at cwhemp.com. That's the letter C-W-H-E-M-P dot C-O-M. And Hempire fans know that the realm of caring handles research, education, and advocacy so we can learn more, spread the news, pass helpful legislation, and provide a little bit of funding for those in need. And they're at the R-O-C dot U-S. That's the letters T-H-E-R-O-C dot U-S. So, Joel Stanley, hey, welcome to Hempire. Thanks for having me, Dr. Mitch. So today we're hoping to elaborate on this distinction between drugs and supplements and where hemp might fit in. I'm curious, what do you think of as sort of people's stereotypes of, of a drug? Well, you know, we, we have a drug system here in the U.S. in which basically anything that appears to be beneficial or helping someone kind of becomes a drug. And that's, that's kind of wrong. I mean, I feel like the way people view the word drug is very diverse and oftentimes misused. I mean, we think of drugs as street drugs, like, like cocaine or heroin, but what about those, those compounds that come from basic food products or plants that are very safe? We seem to think that when they're effective at actually treating something, that they must then be a drug. And that's kind of our system here in the U.S., Sad but true, and it's and it's intriguing because once something ends up categorized a drug, we've got all that weird baggage left over from illicit drugs, and people don't seem to you know pay attention to the pharmacological properties that might really be beneficial. That's exactly right, and there's such a process that goes along with with actually getting a drug approved through the FDA that many of these great compounds then suffer an average of seven to 10 years getting approved and, and, and sometimes billions of dollars. So we really kind of have a broken drug system in which if we, if we want to take something beneficial and, and we want to claim that it's beneficial, we have to go through this very expensive, very arduous process before anyone can even access it. Even very safe, non-toxic, non-addictive, and non-psychoactive compounds like oh. CBD. 
I mean, yeah, and I mean that's the real sad part. So there are literally four different stages of research. You have to begin with uh, adults who don't have any symptoms just to show that the drug is safe. Even we've got, you know, especially with hemp, literally millennia showing it's already safe. And to spend that money just seems like such an outrageous impediment to the progress. I would completely agree. You know, I I would also say that we're not against a pharmaceutical approach, and that level of scientific rigor, this plant, cannabis, hemp, um, it, it truly deserves that science. But at the same time, just as you said, we know enough about it by this point that people should at least be able to access it freely while it goes through those steps for scientific validation. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And you think about things like St. John's wort, melatonin, stuff that literally anybody can go buy right over the counter that didn't really have to go through all this and yet is actually really comparable or in some ways even more complicated than cannabidiol, THC, or just natural hemp extracts. That's exactly right. And, you know, people ask us a lot, uh, shouldn't this be a drug? And my answer is that, well, yes, of course, this can be a drug. We should develop excellent drugs out of, out of cannabinoids, but it should also be a dietary supplement. It should also be a food. There, there are many different applications for the non-psychoactive side of cannabis. So it, it really should exist in all these levels. If you could just elaborate a little bit on what it would mean to be calling this a dietary supplement, I think listeners would really appreciate it. Well, typically a dietary supplement is usually a plant botanical extract or oh, something like echinacea. That's a good example of a dietary supplement. It's botanical in nature, and it's an extract from a plant. We have many of these when you go to a vitamin world, vitamin cottage. You, you see these dietary supplements, and the major difference between a dietary supplement and a drug is that a dietary supplement may be considered safe for human consumption, but it hasn't necessarily gone through all, all of the FDA processes and levels of research necessary to make drug claims about it. That's really the difference. Um, but the FDA recently has started to accept botanical medicine, which is, which is a major problem here, here in the U.S., and, and Western medicine in general has, has adopted this idea that we should only work with one molecule at a time or, or very few molecules, which locks out plant extracts. Well, plant medicines have, have been around since our existence, and they're very good medicines. Well, that, there's a whole paradigm shift now in, in which the FDA is accepting, and now the medical community wants more whole plant botanical options. So I think we're going to start to see botanical drugs developed that are very similar to dietary supplements, but they'll go through the same scientific process so that a company can actually advertise them for specific claims. And what that will do is, is bring physician advocacy, something that, that cannabis severely lacks. Most Western medicine physicians want FDA approval. They want to know what they're dealing with, and they want to know that it's, it's gone through the scientific process. Well, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to put a plant extract through a drug approval process that was built for single molecules or synthetic molecules or isolated molecules. So now there's a botanical drug guidance from the FDA. So I think we're going to start seeing more of these that, that we would consider a botanical or dietary supplement 
that in the future will be advertised as drugs. We'll start to see insurance cover them, Medicaid, Medicare. So I really do feel like we need to go this route with cannabis, but not lock out foods and dietary supplements. That's a superb way to put it, really. And this is really cutting edge. This is brand new. For, for literally decades, there was no way to get around this. And even with things that went way back like aspirin, you could see how there would be certain problems. So even though aspirin is, is known uh, as a safe drug, getting it approved for a particular use, so uh, the use to prevent second heart attacks, for example, required these randomized clinical trials. It was really expensive, even though aspirin is cheap, and it really you know, doesn't pay off for a company to go through all this trouble. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a good parallel. You know, you, we have examples of, of drugs that are found in nature. Red rice yeast, good example. There are cholesterol drugs that have the same molecules in them. And so what do we do with red rice yeast? And red rice yeast companies can't, can't make the parallel between their natural food ingredients and drugs that are out there marketed. And, you know, really, the system's broken. We have to follow the money to understand why we have regulatory agencies that always want to push anything beneficial into the drug category. It it is sad, and I mean, I hate to sound paranoid, but a little bit suspicious that literally something that's been around that long would have so much trouble uh, even getting the, the sort of name supplement particularly in light of the contrast with synthetic THC, which certainly sounds like a drug and was actually federally funded in order to to get approval. That's right. And, you know, once upon a time, pharmaceutical companies fought to make vitamin C a drug. And that's kind of what we're dealing with. When you look at CBD, especially from hemp, as far as we know, all all of the science tells us that this is non-toxic, non-addictive and non-psychoactive. It basically has a vitamin C-like safety profile, yet there are many parties and authorities that would like to see it locked down as a drug only. It's kind of sad. Well, and particularly given the number of people who could potentially benefit and how hard it is to get uh, approval for research. So we've got compelling laboratory work with rodents and some primates, suggesting that CBD is an ideal antioxidant with potential to help folks who've suffered a recent head injury and even day-to-day might actually decrease oxidation in a way that could decrease inflammation when we're all in our 80s and 90s. And yet it's impossible to get that kind of work funded in part because of legal status. Yep, you're exactly right. And it's been held back for 85 years of prohibition, not, not, not just from us, not, not just from the individuals, but from that level of research. Um, so we, we don't have cannabinoid drugs available and won't for, for a significant period of time. And so I think it's important for people to understand that we may need to fight for the right for cannabinoids to exist outside of drugs, especially while they're not available as drugs because of that prohibition from research. Now, it's curious because I'm going to have my pals from states where they do have a tax or regulated market say, you guys just need to go our path and you'll have everything you ever wanted. But it seems like that's not really the case. 
You were speaking of, of medical marijuana regulations? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of people within medical marijuana. We've, we've seen it here in Colorado. We actually had one group that is, is basically lobbying to lock CBD into the medical marijuana regulations, which are very expensive and much higher cost of good, which means that people have to pay more for it. And that also means that, that people in other states won't be able to access it. They'll have to move to Colorado or California to actually access it. But what we learned is that those groups, they simply have financial interest in medical marijuana. So, of course, they want CBD to remain in medical marijuana, but that's wrong. When we're dealing with something that is food safe, people need to have access to it. Well, and I think the the heartwarming stories that uh, you guys have told about uh, folks you know, who are literally little kids uh, improving their seizure rate is is uh in in my mind plenty of evidence as far as that's concerned i would completely agree you know we had we had hundreds of families moving to colorado before we had hemp regulations available i mean the story of charlotte's web began under a medical marijuana framework and when hemp was legalized in 2013 in colorado and in 2014 at the federal level it allowed many people who moved to Colorado to move back to their state, back to their parents, back to their support group. It's just insane that people only have access to something that really helps them based on it, their zip code. It's, it's, it's just maddening. It's really unfair in the, in the alleged land of the free. I know, too, that uh, it's easy to underestimate how much social support and family support these families really need. If you have a special needs child of any kind, having anybody who can give you a break and who can uh, help out in any way can mean the difference between really low quality of life and uh, a real flourishing. So I think that this, oh, everybody should move to Colorado idea is just completely unfair. That is absolutely right. And so those who who want to lock CBD into either pharmaceutical only or medical marijuana programs only, all we have to do is follow the money there. Uh, Because true compassion and science would tell us that this needs to be available to these families as a dietary supplement, as a food. And yeah, let's develop great medical marijuana products out of it as well. Let's develop excellent pharmaceuticals out of it as well. That's superb. Hey, we do have to take a break. As my cannabis radio brother, Vivian McPeak, would say, we've got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. Please join us right away with Hempire. Hold on for more Hempire after you've grown to learn more about our sponsors. The cannabis business industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. 
the next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to harvest more crop-tastic content on Hempire. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, Cannabis Radio listeners, we're back with Hempire, where we're devoted to all things hemp. We're talking with Joel Stanley, CEO of CW Hemp and board member of the Realm of Caring Foundation. We're just getting into some of the disappointments, shall we say, with trying to categorize hemp as a drug when, in fact, we could use it as a dietary supplement. And Joel, we're just eager. Can you sort of elaborate on sort of the FDA process and how this gets problematic and what we might do? Absolutely. You know, I think people need to understand that there's a there's a major danger that compounds like CBD and all of all of the other non psychoactive cannabinoids we can get from the hemp plant. Um, there are major financial interests, pharmaceutical companies, regulatory bodies like the DEA and the FDA, who would like to see these locked into a, a pharmaceutical system only, uh, which is a very expensive system. We all understand that, that it's a very broken system. And in order for us to protect this so that people have access to it at an affordable price now and not two decades from now, people need to understand that there's still some political action necessary. And some of that is simply folks getting their congressman on the line and saying, please support the hemp bills out there. There are two of them that I know of, both of them very good bills. One of them is, is, is not only about hemp, but it's also about CBD specifically. That has a significant number of sponsors, but not enough. It needs more congressmen, more senators. And then, the, and then there's another one authored by, by uh, Mitch McConnell that is the Industrial Hemp Act. That's another excellent bill. And if we don't get something like this passed, then we're at a major risk 
of seeing CBD and all these non-psychoactive, very healthy, healthy cannabinoids from the hemp plant uh, get locked into pharmaceutical companies and drug regulations only, which would be bad for humanity. That's, that's, that's not the way that this needs to go, not the only way that this needs to go. So people need to get involved. So if people will engage their congressman, their senator, and ask them to support both of those bills. One of them is the Industrial Hemp Farming Act of 2015. And the other bill is the Therapeutic Hemp Medical Access Act. Either one of those bills getting, getting passed will help to solidify our right to continue producing very valuable dietary supplements and foods from hemp. I mean, we all consider hemp to be a legal commodity here in the U.S., it's actually in this very gray area in, in which we have kind of a, a trial access to it. We have a trial industry. We need to support these bills if we want to have an actual hemp industry that's going to thrive here in the U.S. That's exactly right. And, hey, I just want to encourage listeners, if you go to house.gov on the web, you can get your representatives and senators and sending them, you know, a handwritten letter means a whole lot today. If you'd rather just email, by all means do. But getting the word out on this uh, Industrial Hemp Farming Act or the Therapeutic Hemp Medical Access Act is really going to pay off. And believe me, it's up to each of us. We can't count on the other guy to, to handle it. That's exactly right. And it's, 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 it's so important. Anyone who's seen the stories about Charlotte's Web or CBD and how it's truly helping thousands of people out there. If you can identify with that, please understand that we need your help. These families need your help. Well, so you allude to an an affordable price, and I think that that's a a wonderful point here, Joel. What do you think might happen if, you know, a single drug company got a, a patent on one of these? Well, that's that's sort of happening right now in which there's a British pharmaceutical company that has patented cannabinoids, including CBD, for for many different purposes. And what ends up happening is once these products get through the drug approval process, a lot of times they're considered orphan drugs and they're very, very expensive. Insurance doesn't always cover these. And some of these drugs that that these families are taking are in excess of thousands of dollars per single dose. And no one wants to see cannabis go that route alone. That would be so dangerous for us, for humanity. It's a heartbreaking thought. Something that that should cost, say, 25 cents per dose, costing $900 per dose. Uh, But that's a part of what happens when we go through a pharmaceutical system and Basically, one large company ends up with exclusive rights to market that product and sell that product to these families. That can't happen here. Let me just remind listeners, the Orphan Drug Act, I know it sounds like it should provide drugs to orphans for free or something, but it really means a a drug that is sort of out on its own without any big parenting company destined to make a lot of money off it. And the hope was that federal funds would help them 
pay for this research and then keep the prices down so that people, even if they weren't necessarily a big population, people who needed it wouldn't have to pay so much. Unfortunately, it just hasn't panned out the way we had hoped. And so a plant is certainly not going to be an easy thing to make a ton of money off of. And then anybody turning this into a drug gets federal funding in some sense in order to to pay for the relevant research, but then may not necessarily pass that savings on to the consumer. And that's uh, particularly sad when we when we do know a lot of this could be grown in our own backyards. You you also mentioned that just uh, in in a sense there are lots and lots of people having to to move around. I know you know some of the more uh, moving stories of folks who've had to move around in part because it's it's so hard to to get these medicines. Would you be willing to share one of those stories? Uh, yes, absolutely. Boy, there are literally hundreds and hundreds. Uh, we saw within the first year of of the airing of Sanjay Gupta's weed series, we saw over 400 families move to Colorado. Now you have to imagine all of those families had to have had um, the financial resources to make that move, which is a very sad thing. But what about all those other families that actually couldn't make that move? So I know a family in in Florida that absolutely, they were, they were completely out of pharmaceutical options. They had tried everything, much like little Charlotte. And they had just enough money to come out to Colorado, set up residence, um, stay with a friend, and they found out that CBD was, was working for them, working for their daughter, and they completely ran out of money. And as luck would have it, we had our first hemp harvest. We were able to send them home back to their support group, and this happens over and over and over. What about the ones that didn't have the resources, didn't have the money to move to Colorado, move to move to California to actually try something like Charlotte's Web. It's it's stunning when you really think about anybody with a special needs child is already financially strapped. So the folks who can't make it have got to be numerous. And it's got to be so frustrating to be sitting there wondering if this might help when, in fact, you, you just can't get access. That's exactly right. And fortunately, all 50 states have access to CBD now. That is, that is an excellent advance, but it is under attack, as we've, as we've discussed. And we also need to see people get access to THC because we see that helps so many folks. Some people respond to CBD and pretty much only CBD, and they're very lucky when that happens. Those folks needing THC that could have their lives benefited by THC or even saved by THC in some cases, they need to have access. And over at the realm of caring offices, those reps are all moms and dads. Those phone reps are all moms and dads of children who are using THC products, CBD products. And they're very compassionate. But they get so many phone calls every day with someone on the other end saying, I live in a state that doesn't allow for what I need. And they're crying, saying, how can I get someone to send it to me because I'll risk it? They hear that daily. It is a sad and terrible thing. We should be ashamed of ourselves that that's happening. And the folks are locked out of an excellent medical option by their zip code. Well, on top of that, we've, you know, on other shows discussed 
people who've tried to help folks by putting things like that in the mail, and of course they suffer, you know, the full brunt of the legal system on that, and that's also kind of embarrassing and just adds, you know, a punishment to people who are trying to trying to do something kind. Hey, you allude to the fact that CBD is now available in, in all 50 states. Can you tell us how that works and why? Well, due to current hemp regulations, CBD can, can be produced from industrial hemp, very similar to medical marijuana, except it has very low THC and very high CBD. So we can produce this, keep that, that THC threshold at hemp level, which is less than three-tenths of one percent, and now we can provide it across the U.S. This is a very misunderstood topic, though. Hemp is actually a huge commodity here here in the U.S. We're the largest importer of it, have been the largest importer of hemp products for decades. This has just been the first time, 2014 marks the first time that hemp has been allowed to be cultivated domestically. So that's how, that's how we're achieving it now. But it's so important that we pass final legislation to keep the hemp industry alive here in the U.S. It, it is pretty startling when you think about how basically we're allowed to import it and then still can't really <laughs> grow it in, in the kinds of levels that we, that we really need. Is there stuff going on at CW Hemp that we should know about as far as this is concerned? Well, we are... We are looking into multiple product lines, multiple delivery methods for CBD, um, looking at, at foods, vitamin gummies, functional beverages. We, we have a topical line coming out soon. So these non-psychoactive cannabinoids like, like CBD are going to have so many different applications. And so our company is out there exploring what types of products really make sense so that we can all incorporate this very healthy compound, CBD, in, into our daily lives, diets. We're doing that as well as many other great great companies. Well, and you allude to the, the fact that it, it is an extract and that we're not talking about just CBD sometimes, and it's not just the single molecule. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ethan Russo has been calling this the entourage effect, that basically they are all going to come out and, and work together, and it sounds like you guys really have been paying attention to that. Yeah, I think that that's, that's part of the reason why we need to fight for hemp to be allowed in the dietary supplement world, is that if it, if, if it goes only into drug single compound, it's likely not going to be as effective for certain individuals. And the simple reason you mentioned it is that entourage effect. We now understand that CBD or THC and really all of these cannabinoids may act differently within the body when other plant compounds are present, simple plant compounds, even sometimes as simple as chlorophyll or plant terpenes like uh, beta-caryophylline or pinene or limonene, um, these are found in, in many other foods. And when they are present, when these other plant compounds are present or other cannabinoids, the one specific cannabinoid we're targeting, like CBD, may act entirely differently. It, it can be helped, basically. Well, clearly we've got plenty more to discuss on other episodes. Thanks to all you Cannabis Radio listeners for joining us here on Hempire. Our guest has been Joel Stanley of CW Hemp. My hearty thanks to the production wizards at Cannabis Radio. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart 
and let the data be your guide. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 